Welcome to the City View Community Church Podcast. Whether you're here for our weekly sermons, leadership chats, or conversations about life, we are stoked that you are here. If you want to know more of our story or want to partner with us, head over to cityviewcc.com. Our prayer today is that you walk away challenged, encouraged, and more passionate about discovering your purpose by knowing God, loving people, and living on mission. Let's jump right in. What an incredible time of worship. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited because a couple of times a year, one of the things that we do is we take a, a deep dive on a character in the Bible for a few weeks. And we, we've done this with, with Jonah and David. We did it with the Holy Spirit. We did it with Joseph. And a year ago, I started getting really excited about a series on the prophet Elisha from the Old Testament. And the, the ministry that he, he led and, and how he navigated things. And, and I've been excited for almost a year to finally get to share this series with you. And here we are. So I, I'm pretty stoked about it. And I believe that the, the timing of this series is really important in the timeline of our church. Because I, I believe the story of Elisha is one of, of seeing the ordinary become the miraculous. Of seeing what seems ordinary to everybody else actually being an opportunity for God to do something significant, a story of believing for more, a story of recognizing the potential that is within and the calling that God has placed on our lives. And, and last week, I, I got really fired up about this, this passage of scripture in the words of Paul to the Ephesian church, because I, I believe it perfectly articulates how I feel about you. And we, I want to read that again to you, Ephesians 1, 17. And, and Paul says this, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I love this part. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. Paul says a deepening intimacy leads to wisdom and it leads to Revelation that we, as we dig into the Lord, as we connect deeper with the Lord, as we go further into what He has for us, deeper into this calling, that it will open our eyes and we'll discover clarity and purpose. But He says, The light of God would illuminate your imagination. When was the last time you used your imagination? Right? Like at some point in our adult journey, we just stop dreaming. We stop hoping. We, we kind of settle for whatever comes is what's going to come, and I'm going to tackle it when it comes. And, and maybe we dream a little bit about going on vacation, or we dream a little bit about what we hope life would look like on the other side of retirement. Like we, we dream a little bit, but Paul says that God's light would illuminate your imagination. And a few weeks back, we, we talked about this idea that, that the right side of our brain is wired to, like, create things. And, and so many of you were like, 
Danny, that landed for me. Like, I am the person who thinks when I hear a noise downstairs that it's a mountain lion in my house. Like, that right side of my brain is right there rather than it's just the dishwasher emptying the water. Like, this is just like, it's a normal thing, right? It's like, what is that? And it's like, we wash dishes every night. It's the same thing that it always is. But the same way that this creative side of your brain can make up foolishness, and can make up all of these other crazy scenarios in your mind, that right side of the brain has that same creative power to dream and imagine what your future could be. That same side, when tapped into by this light of God, can illuminate your imagination to dream again, to hope again, to think new thoughts. And I heard this statement years and years ago, but it stuck with me. And it's in your notes. Most Christians are not in danger of ruining their lives, but rather wasting them. Most Christians are not standing on the precipice of like, if I make this decision, I'm going to blow up my whole life. Most of the time, the mistakes that we make are things that we can recover from, things that we need to work on, But I just wonder how many of us were wasting what God has deposited within us because we've stopped dreaming. We've stopped imagining. And what I want you to understand is that there's a calling on your life that is so much deeper and so much richer and so much more fulfilling than you can imagine. That throughout all of Ephesians, Paul is is speaking to this potential within the church. And he's saying, hey, God has deposited something significant within you. I want you to discover it. And if there is ever a story of of hidden potential, it's in the story of Elisha. His story is found in 1 and 2 Kings in the Old Testament. And, And his first sighting comes on the heels of his predecessor, Elijah, because they're super creative with names, Elijah and Elisha, one with a J, one with a sh, sh. And so these, these two cats come into each other's lives. Elijah was this great prophet of God, and he's coming off of this incredible victory where, where God has just shown up in this powerful way. But on the heels of it, he is met with fear and overwhelm. And he, he's breaking down to the point that he is suicidal. He is ready to end everything. He is running away in fear, even though God had just shown up in this. He had just literally moved mountains out of the way for Elijah. And he was like, I am done. I tap out. I got nothing left. And this is where we find him. And, and in this moment, alone with the Lord, God tells him, hey, I've, I've been planning your successor all along. I want you to go and I want you to anoint Elisha to be your replacement. But here's what I want you to remember. When you feel isolated, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like Elijah did in that moment, I want you to remember this. Never mistake God's silence as a sign he is not working on your behalf. Never mistake the silence of this season as God being absent in your problems, absent in what you're facing, absent in your struggle, understand that God is at work. 
Elisha had no idea that God was talking about him. A hundred miles or so away, he had no idea that on the top of the mountain, God was whispering to Elijah about him. He had no idea what was happening. He had no idea that his life was about to change in a moment. No idea that God was about to call something out of him that maybe he hoped was there, but he definitely was not living. Your heavenly father it, it has come to send me to remind you that he has not run out of energy for your story. He has not run out of creativity for your life. He's not looking at the world going, Whoa, what are we going to do, guys? This is crazy. He's kind of been through a lot. He's kind of navigated our, our foolishness for a long time. And what I want you to understand is that he has more left for you. He is not too tired to work on your behalf. And what might seem quiet now is actually preparation for the future. So we find Elisha in 1 Kings 19, 19, and it says this, so Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. If Elisha was so great, if he was so awesome, surely he had to be like in the temple studying the Torah. Like surely he was doing something of significance. Surely he was like some CEO of a company. Surely he was doing something amazing. If God was going to call him to do something great, what, what is he doing plowing a field? Shouldn't he be a fearless warrior? Shouldn't he be some kind of hero? When we find Elisha, he is covered in dirt and dung. He's working on the backside of the oxen. His view all day long is bull butt. It's just, that's, that's, my, that's my scene. I'm going to wake up in the morning. Cheeks, let's go. We're moving forward. That's his life every day. He had this very consistent job, the hard work of plowing up fields that some, somebody else would come and plant something into and grow food that he would have to spend his own money to buy. He plowed the ground. This is what Elisha was doing. But day after day, I imagine he felt like there was something more in him. God, there, there, there has to be more than just clocking in and clocking out at this job. God, there has to be something more in me than living paycheck to paycheck. God, there has to be more in me than just surviving. God, there has to be more than just plowing this field over and over again. It continues and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team, and Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. He didn't even stay to have a conversation. He drops his cloak on his shoulder, and he pieces out. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and he said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go back, but think about what I have done to you. Here's what I want you to see. God's interruptions in your life are a call 
to more. God's interruptions in your life. That moment when you're just going through your day and all of a sudden that conversation pops up out of nowhere. All of a sudden you, you have an opportunity that you didn't see coming. All of a sudden the, the prayers you've been praying, they're, they're answered, but they're answered in a way it doesn't look like it, it, it doesn't match. And, and God, what is going on? These interruptions is God calling you to more, calling you to more. Elisha wasn't looking for a greater life in this moment. He was called to it. He was invited to a journey of more. He was invited to a life that would require more out of him than he ever thought it would. More intentionality, more faith, more strength, more dependence on God. But the payoff would be seeing the full potential of God work through his life. It's amazing. So when Elijah's cloak hit his shoulders, the calling within him was awakened. He couldn't settle for this life anymore. He, he didn't waste any time. He couldn't imagine missing out on this adventure. And, and I remember the same moment that this actually happened for me in my own life. Lauren and I were, uh, we were working and we in living in Mobile, Alabama. It's an adventure. It sounds as good as it is. We were both working full-time, and, and Lauren was going to school, and she was working. I was, I was working full-time at a bank, but we were also leading a, a, we started a college ministry, and all of a sudden, this college ministry started growing like crazy, and so while we're working full-time, we're putting in 30, 40 hours a week at the church for free and, and volunteering, and, and it just was this crazy time where it was going on and on. Everything was happening. I was leading worship. I was helping to teach a Sunday school class. All of these things were happening, and I felt like I had so much to give, but it was starting to feel overwhelming. It started to feel overwhelming working at the bank, counseling college students on my lunch break, preparing and going to Burger King to buy 75 Whopper Juniors and them thinking that it's a prank. And I'm like, no, I'm literally here to buy 75 Whopper Juniors. I'll stand right here. I'll cook them with you. Let's, let's go. Planning services and Bible lessons and, and all of these things just started to be overwhelming. And one Sunday night we were at, at church and there was a time where, where everybody kind of came to the altar and and I came down to the front, and, and I kneeled down, and, and I remember praying, God, I, I don't know what you have for my life. I don't know what the plan is. I know that there's something more in me. I know that there's a calling within me, but I just, I don't know what it is. But whatever you say, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And in that moment, Lauren's dad, who, who had been a pastor for 30 years, he was up on the stage and he saw me and, and the Lord began to speak to him. And he came over and he, he said, Danny, you don't even see what's in you yet. You don't even recognize what God has deposited within you. But the Lord told me in this moment to come over here and pray for a double portion of my calling and my anointing and to put it on your life. And in that moment, as I kneeled on the, on the ground in the altar, he took off his coat and he wrapped it around me and began to pray a double portion over my life, over my ministry. And in that moment, he was praying for things that sounded really odd. He was praying for me as a pastor. I had no plans of being a pastor. 
I was going to do worship or I was going to help in other ministries. I was going to do all of these other things. And he's praying over me as if I'm going to lead a church someday. And I thought, that's odd. Why is he doing that? Well, whatever, the Lord is speaking to him. And so he, he prayed. I never saw planning a church. I never saw standing here today. But God did. And God started to whisper to my father-in-law about what was going to come. I didn't know what God was whispering, but he did. And he started to pray a double portion of his ministry on my life. And here's what I need you to understand today, family. God has been whispering to me about you. God has been whispering to me about what he's deposited in you. He's been whispering to me about the potential that he has placed in your life, the calling that he has placed on your life. And when we see you, when Lauren and I see you, we don't see you where you currently are. We see what God has for you in the future. And what I need you to understand is that God is whispering about you because you have more. Where you are in your faith journey is still just the beginning. There's so much more. But with that said, when God calls you, he calls you to a deeper surrender. He calls you to a deeper surrender. Elijah says, go back and think about what I've done. And Elisha's like, I don't even think about it, bro. I'm good. He throws thinking out of the window and he chooses surrender, but he does something powerful as a symbol of his surrender in verse 21. So Elisha returned to his oxen and he slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Elisha goes back to his old life and he burns the plow. He makes some steak tacos and he throws a party. Why did he go to such extremes? Why did he do this? He could have just left them alone and just gone on the journey. I believe that he did this because he knew that there was going to be some tough seasons where he followed Elijah. And there was going to be days when he goes, you know, I could always go back to the old life. I I could always go back to the field. Like, it wasn't fun. It was dirty. It was stank. But, like... I could go back. And in a moment, he said, I don't want a single anchor to bring me back to my past. I don't want a single thing that's going to hold me back from what God wants to do in my future. So he went back and he burned the plow. Some of you today need to burn the plows in your life. Some of you have have some anchors like we talked about last week that are are holding you back from the future that God has for you. And we need to take on that attitude and that courage and that spirit of Elisha and say, I'm going to burn the plows. I don't want that comfort anymore. I want whatever you have for me. Well, Well, what are those plows, Pastor Danny? I believe that in in our lives, some of our biggest plows are these. You you see these in your notes. First one is excuses. Excuses. I heard this this statement. I I just thought it was so good. 
An excuse is worse than a lie because it's a lie that's guarded. It's a lie that's protected. An excuse is a lie we tell ourselves and then we build a fortress around it to tell ourselves why it's true. Well, I just, I just don't, you know, I wish I could, but I got, what? You got what? What possibly could be of more value in your life than saying yes to God? We make up a lot of excuses. Now, there is a difference, but there, there are reasons and there are excuses. But if we're just honest, with, if we're brutally honest with ourselves, we make up far too many excuses, far too many reasons why we can't. Another one of the big plows in our life is insecurities. These are things we navigate, but if we're just honest, and actually me and mom were, were talking about this. Uh, we were going on a walk, and we were, we were just kind of talking about random, like, random things like we normally do, and we, we talked about this this idea that like there's sometimes a comfort in our discomfort. That's like, I, I don't like this, but it's familiar. Like I, I, don't, I don't really like this about myself. I don't really like that I think about myself this way. I don't really like that I feel this way. I don't really like that I, I do this, but like, man, the effort to get over it. Whoo. And I feel like for some of us, we're so comfortable in our discomfort that we're unwilling to burn the plow. And we hold on to some things that we should let go. Another one is distractions. Distractions. Those, those aimless escapes to avoid hard decisions, to avoid hard conversations. And listen, we need to have those moments where we kind of escape. Like that, I go to the movies or I go play golf or I go to the beach. Like we, we need those things. I'm not saying that we never need time to just like break away from the chaos of reality. But man, I, I don't have it on me right now. But that, that little uh, four by six thing that we scroll all day long is a constant source of distractions. I hated when they came out with that thing that started to pop up at the end of the week. Here's your average time on your phone. What? Then it became a little competition. I'm like, I'm going to see how little I can use it. And then I started missing phone calls, and then it's just not good. Not, number four is dependencies, dependencies in our lives. These are, these are those things. And have you ever stopped in your life to ask yourself, what are those things that I would say, I can't live without this? I can't live without this. Man, why, I, don't, I don't know what I would do without, without Sandy's lemon cake. Like, I don't, I don't know how I could live life now that I had it. I don't know how I'm supposed to live without it. Like, there are things in our life without even realizing it. We are, we are dependent on. We're dependent on there, those, that, that coffee in the morning, that pot of coffee in the morning. We are dependent on that. that that's not, listen, I will never preach to you that coffee is bad. Because, I mean, I would have to change something in my life. Like, I'm not saying that. But there are things in our lives that we can't imagine living without. 
And we have to ask ourselves, am I truly depending on this more than I'm willing to depend on God? Listen, family, this is a season. I feel this in my spirit. This is a season where it's time to burn some plows. God is ready to move. It's time to move past settling for good enough. Elisha shows us that our hunger for more of God always leads to more than we can imagine. As the the beginning of his story continues on, Elijah and Elisha have some time together where they're they're working together and Elijah is, is training Elisha, but the time has come for Elijah to come to the end of his journey. Not his death, but the end of his journey because he's one of of a couple people that we know in the Bible who doesn't die, like the Lord just swoops him up and takes him. He's like, all right, good job. You're coming to heaven now. Like, what? And so here's this this moment. And Elisha sees it as a moment to step into something more significant than maybe he even should have been willing to ask for. But he does. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 7. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and he struck the water with it. The river divided and two of them went across on dry ground. On dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. But if you see me when I'm taken away from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided, and Elisha went across. For a guy who spent his days picking out dirt and dung from his arm hairs every day, any portion of Elijah's calling, any portion of Elijah's ministry, any portion of anything that God wanted to do would have been tremendous, would have been enough. But Elijah said to himself, if what I believe is true about God, I'm gonna ask him for a little bit more. I'm not gonna settle for a position. I'm not gonna settle for for a title. It would have simply been enough to say, God, you've chosen me to be the next prophet of Israel. What an incredible, incredible responsibility. What an incredible call. But Elisha says, no. 
I want a double portion of what you put in Elijah. A double portion. And family, there, there are times when the fear that is within us, the fears that we have about the future, they begin to, to define what we're willing to do. Well, I don't know if I could do that because whew, what if, what about how, how what, if, what if this goes right? And we just, we allow the fear in our life to go, nope, this is as far as you're gonna be able to go. God says, wait, 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 I have something. No, 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 no. Here is far enough. And I don't know about you, but I'm about sick of fear having that much power in my life. I'm about sick of, of someone besides God saying, no, nah, that's about as far as you can go. There's no, there's no further than that. You, 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 might be, you might be called enough to get to that line. I know God is talking to you about over there, but here that should be good enough for you. It's enough, family. How many times has God asked someone to play it safe? How many times has someone prayed, God, I want you to do something powerful through my life. And he goes, whoa, guys, that might be too much for me. When has God ever been the one to go, that's far enough. Your calling stops right there. Your anointing stops right there. Your influence stops right there. Your significance and your purpose, it stops right there. You've, you've arrived. Congratulations. We assume that God is saving these things for some incredible special person who has some kind of special anointing on their life. But God does great things through those who are willing to follow a person rather than a plan. God does things through people who say, I don't know the whole game plan. I don't have the full roadmap. God, you said go, let's go. God, you said stay, well then let's stay. God, you said you want me to do this? You want me to make this impact? You want me to have this purpose? God, you want me to do this? Okay, let's go. I don't understand it all, but I'm willing to follow a person and that person's name is Jesus. And I'm willing to follow him wherever he says that I'm supposed to go, to do whatever I'm supposed to do. Well, God, what about the people around me? What if they're not ready? God says, I have deposited something in you and it's time to stop waiting. I have more for you. The whispers that God tells us about your life are not little measly things. They are things of purpose and they're things of power and they are filled with anointing and they are filled with value that you have to the people around you that you can't even see. God has more for you. The characteristic that marks almost every Bible story hero is simple, willingness. 
Well, surely it's the, they're super smart. They're super tired. Willingness. God, whatever you want to do, I'm in. I will follow where you lead. Even Elijah in this moment was like, oh, man, <laughs> you've asked a hard thing, bro. But if God is willing, the question is, are you and I constantly looking for a plan rather than keeping our focus on a person? Maybe you're better than me, but I know there's a lot of times I'm like, all right, God, what's the plan? What's, what's the roadmap? What's the next steps? What, what is it that you want me to do next? And he says, I want you to follow my son. Yeah, but where? Wherever he leads. But, but what about a year from now? Don't worry about it. What about two years? What about three years? What about, what about six months from now? God says, what am I asking you to do today? Will you say yes? This isn't in my notes, but I, I just feel like I need to share it. I had a moment before Lauren and I, it was a summer that we were praying about what was next for our life before we, we ended up moving here. And I had a friend that, that said, the Lord has given me a word for you. And she said, if you are willing to say yes, I will use your life to blaze trails that no one else has been able to blaze. And I said, what am I saying no to? What am I not saying yes to? The yes was San Diego. The yes was planning a church. The yes was going on this journey where we did not see the stops and the curves and the drops and the highs and the lows. We, we did not see it, but we were willing to say yes. God wants to do something in your are you asking for a plan rather than focusing on a person? Is your fear deciding how far you're willing to go? Is your fear the one that's drawing the lines in the sand around your life? Or is it God guiding you and directing you? My prayer for you is that you would pray for the boldness of Elisha to be willing to burn some plows, to be willing to ask for a bigger portion. You see, Elisha didn't pray for more income. He didn't pray for a bigger title. He didn't ask for more status. He didn't ask for more influence. He said, God, I want a, I want a deeper and bigger and a double portion of your anointing. I want more of your spirit. And when that happens, from that overflow came a journey worth remembering. Are you following a plan or a person? Are you being defined by, by a plow or by your potential? Are you focused on surrender or strategy? Let's pray for a spirit of Elisha on us in this season and watch how God shows up. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, you have, you have deposited something within this church. You have deposited something within these people. God, you, you have so much more for them than they could even see in this moment. God, the whispers that I hear about them is workplaces being turned over as your spirit moves through them. The whispers I hear is family members who are so far from you that it doesn't seem like there's any way for them to come back. And the whispers are your children leading them hand in hand as they come and they surrender their lives to you. The whispers I hear is of a community reshaped by the power of your Holy Spirit, a community reshaped by living on mission, living with purpose, living with passion, not settling, but seeing the fullness of your glory being illuminated through our lives. The whispers are of us laying our heads down on the pillow and laying in rest because we know we are living right in the center of your will for our lives. God, I pray for a spirit of Elisha on City View Church. I pray for a courage of Elisha to rise up within us, a boldness to step out in faith and say, God, we're not settling for good enough. We want more. We want more. We want more of your spirit, more of your power, more of your strength, more of your influence, more of what you have for us as it overflows into this community, as it overflows into our family. God, we want more of you. God, we're willing to burn the plows, to let go of the anchors, to let your freedom in, to let your hope in and to step into our future with purpose, with passion, and with you at the center of everything we do. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And I pray all of this in your strong and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.